Welcome back, everyone, to the final book episode before the new TV series. Just let that sink in for a second, <laughs> Hannah. Just let that sink in for a second, everyone. The show got announced two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. And now it's about to be on TV. And some of you have seen it already. So that's that cool. That is a wild thought to yeah, think about. There's some people I saw on Twitter that have seen six episodes. Wow. Six well, what happens on episode seven yeah. that you can't show people? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, nobody knows what's going to happen in this series because we, you know, the book doesn't have as much info. But right. there's people who have watched half the season. It, so already, I'm yeah. those lucky few. I'm jealous of them. We just watched their behind the scenes video that basically starred Patty Constantine, um, who plays King Viserys. And so we're fresh off of that. We also are fresh off of reading this chapter, which I don't know if you know this yet, Hannah. We've been calling most of our episodes like the chapter name for a long time. And so we're about to have to do two episodes in a row. This will be the first time in Goo history with the same title because this chapter is called Heirs of the Dragon. And episode one of Hot D is called The Heirs of the Dragon. There we go. So it's going to be one indefinite article between a, a perfectly uh, redundant name. Can you, can you believe anyway. the timing, though? The timing of our episodes lining up perfectly, too. Listen, <laughs> I put it series. into our Lord and Savior above, George R. R. Martin. He gets all credit for the way the synchronicity has worked. By the way, we were talking about it earlier today. If you don't know this, uh, this is episode 491 of Goo. And uh, on April 20th of 2020. Probably. Don't uh, count how many episodes we've done since then. <laughs> So on uh, 420 of... 20. <laughs> At 4.20 p.m., we put out our 420th episode. If you're interested in synchronicities, so it's God is real. Yeah, God is real. And House of the Dragon comes out in literally days. By the time you're listening to this, it's either today or tomorrow. Right. And uh, this chapter is where, where we are right now in the reading order. This is the chapter that you would want to read and leave off of and let the show pick up from. Like, I feel like we're going to touch on a lot of this in the first couple episodes, probably mainly the first episode, especially because we have the Great Council. Mm -hmm. uh, And probably, well, George said in the first episode of Hot D. So this is the one. This This is the last one. This is the definitive chapter. Yeah. And not only are we going to touch on a lot of this in the beginning, but this chapter goes all the way through, albeit lightly. Really? Viserys's death mm-hmm. at the end. And yeah. so, in my mind, this chapter is really the framework for probably season one of House of the Dragon. Just based on what we've seen really? and kind of what we've been talking about, yeah. Yeah. I think that this gives us that high-level overview through the end of season one. Because my guess is that we end pretty close to his death. Either You think it'll be like Ned, Baylor, nine, or do you think it'll be at eight? Eight or nine, something Maybe like that. Maybe it'll be seven, even. Potentially. The way we've been talking about it, or I've been talking about it when I've uh, been on some other podcasts recently, is t- basically saying that I think we, it, Viserys might be carried off till the end, and we might see them scrambling. Like, it, he might be a nine, and we might see their their scrambling to hide the evidence from people like Renair and Damon in episode 10. And then okay, maybe they yeah. finally find out at the end of episode 10. And right. that's how you know that the dance is going to explode. And that's where we really pick up with the main conflict, I guess. But even though well, there is yeah. the main conflict leading up to that point. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think that you're right. Yeah. So they'll be scheming and talking about kind of how they're going to handle that situation when he passes. Because as we see from the chapter, he is not a healthy man. And he yeah. is... Ailing and large and 
in the chair that he gets carried around in. (laughs) He's suffering a little. (laughs) But better. They don't talk in this chapter about plans. That comes in a couple. You know, later chapters, which we'll talk about. So, if they're not going to make Viserys fat, you think they're going to make Rhaenyra fat? <sighs> Old Rhaenyra, older Rhaenyra? No, I don't think so. We don't see that in, not in the footage. Same style. I'm guessing all the footage we've seen is up to like six or seven. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think so, but they did her dirty. I gasped out loud when they <laughs> described George her. George, yeah, the, yeah, or Eustace, <laughs> the book, whoever. Yeah. In this. I gasped like she never lost the pregnancy weight. I was like, poor girl. <laughs> yeah. And I told you, I, I like, I don't know if you remember from your original, or your original read, but it's not just the pregnancy weight. I know it's not just that. I know. And then I, that's when I learned the definition of snapping. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, <laughs> we are on the same page. I know what that's like. Every time I walk past the little Debbie in cap, I'm like, Swiss rolls. Mm. I wonder if they taste as good as they used to. And I was a kid. I could eat one full front and then I could unroll the other one. Mm-hmm. It makes sense though so because, you know, as they were talking about and kind of the behind the scenes teaser that came out that we watched, plus throughout really this whole, really the beginning of the chapter starts out this way. This is a time of peace and prosperity and the height of an empire. Viserys's castle, or not his castle, <laughs> the Red Keep. He talks about <laughs> it's, it's like a boss fight. The- <laughs> Get to Viserys's castle, you <laughs> have to out eat him. It talks about how it's just filled with music and opulence and dinners and partying, and they're having a really, really good time. It's a time of peace. It's a time of great cooking. It's a time of hanging and lounging and scheming. I mean, these guys are— A lot are, of kids running around, too. Yeah, lots of kids. Pretty um, homely. billion dragons. They talk about this being really the height of the empire, the Targaryen mm-hmm. empire. And so it makes sense that everybody is, you know— going in a little harder because there isn't quite as much stuff to worry about. Like, you think about Damon's basically making up a war to be part of, you know? Because he wants to be part of something. At what point do you have to be at for the king to be like, well, we don't need the support. (laughs) Exactly. And it's involving multiple free cities Uh on a a neighboring continent that's not separated by, like, I know it's called the Narrow Sea, but it's also called the Narrow Sea. Right. They're not that far from you, but he's like, let Damon play at war. He'll figure it out. It's fine. It's not going to bother us. Right. He's got Caraxes. It'll be completely fine. Damon's mad, so he's like, I'm just going to go over there and, and... be, make myself a king. Corliss is helping him. It'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> I know that there's some. They talk a little bit about how this is good for Corliss's business, et cetera, et for cetera. Sure, but, yeah. but really, it's they're bored, and he wants to fight. Is that and what there's you think? not an yeah, yeah. He wants. I think Corliss is bored too. I think so much of this chapter is they're bored. I think about okay. <laughs> we've been watching a lot of Big Brother recently, and you know, also season one, not just season twenty four. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're taking it new and old. Fire and blood camp involves Big Brother. People, there's not, they're stuck inside this place. And so there's not a lot going on. And so it all just bursts into interpersonal drama because mm. they have no kind of outsor- outside resources egging them on. And I know that the situation is ripe for this kind of deal because we've got more kids, Targaryen kids, than they've ever had before. We've got, more factions of families than we ever have before. Um, We have less war than we ever have before. And so, of course, and we have arguably a less strong king than we had before. I mean, Viserys is fine, but he's very much an appeaser. He doesn't have that strong, my command is my word kind of vibe that Jaehaerys had. And so I think that we are ripe for some wild interpersonal drama it's a perfect storm 
It's probably why Dragonstone has wild dragons too. Because it's safe. No one really goes around there and uh, does what they want with the place because it's ran by a pretty good set of people. It's pretty solid. It has been for a long time. And it has a lot of dragons and it's got a lot of geographical advantages and stuff that George put in to make it magical for dragons. But everything's so chill that there's just wild dragons there too. Mm -hmm. Talk about letting your yard go. In like an attractive way <laughs> right. that now that there's wild dragons, because you fast forward a couple hundred years where we are and Daenerys is basically running the known world and the lesser known world by having small dragons that aren't really dangerous at a certain point. But right. we have so many dragons now that some of them we don't even know the names of. Well, exactly. And they're and, just popping up. And all of the trailer footage that we've seen, nobody even flinches at the sight of a dragon, you know? Right. Yeah. It's just a yeah. bird flying overhead. Yeah. Nobody even looks up. It's like that in this chapter, too, when you're talking yeah. about, like, uh, Lena and Lanor's dragon dragonry. You're like, wait a second. These are just Valerians. They're they're living in Driftmark. Or when you talk about... They have dragons, name? too? Yeah, like, yeah of exactly, course they do. Exactly. They, of course they do. And they can ride them, and they love them, and they do well, and they could be a threat as well, or a good defense mechanism. It's like Aemond Targaryen when he just jumps Aemond. on a random dragon. Random. Well, it's not a random dragon. It's the dragon right now. Yeah. Vagar, but yeah, I mean. Holy shit, big. I know. That's a, quite a boss move. George calls it, he says, call it boldness, call it madness, call it fortune or the will of the gods. I guess you kind of have to trade an eye at that point to get a dragon That's like that. That's what he says. That's what he says. He was like, the way I see it, I lost an eye but gained Vagar that fair day. Fair exchange. <laughs> it's like a fair trade. <laughs> what do you think about Amon? And uh, are you going to call it Amond or Amond? Uh, for the course of Probably the series, because it looks like Amon's going to be standout in some way. <laughs> Damon 2.0, as far as the stylings are concerned. I think so. I'm wondering how much of these, I mean, have we seen any of these kids in, in the, the trailers? trailers? Yeah, there's like sneaky eye patch. So he's grown up enough to oh, probably be yeah. like 16 or 17. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll yeah, probably yeah. see like yeah. the beginning of S2, like the stuff outside of Storm's End. Mm-hmm. In the sky with the lightning. I think the most interesting thing about all these kids is the conflict that they inherit from their parents. And George <laughs> talks about it a little bit in this chapter. And out, out the gate from birth moment one, you just inherit this hatred and anger. They try to keep it together can't explain. with the milk nurse. They uh -huh. were nursing off the same mm -hmm. woman. This, this will work. Right. They don't remember anything right now. But it's right like now. they knew. They also knew. They're like, this is not going to end well. Right. So what do you think the root of all this is? The fact that Viserys wanted a really nice-looking wife? Or the fact that, like, what is the reason? Like, why did it turn out like this for them? Is it... It had to be Allison, right? Like, she's the thorn, basically. Like, she's got enough of a personality, enough of a draw on Viserys. But he never... He never... Even when Rhaenyra... Even when Rhaenyra marries Damon, he doesn't say... And I was afraid of that the first time I read it. I was like, oh, well, this is the thing that is going to demonize her. Right. <laughs> demonize right, her. there you go. <laughs> In her father's eyes, he's going to say, you know what? You're no longer the princess of Dragonstone. I'm going to go next. I have kids now. Mm -hmm. and, and literally, one's named Aegon. Mm -hmm. So, she, so she has her own be? kid and says, well, I'm going to have a kid named yeah, Aegon that too. <laughs> but way before that, you know, yeah. when her dad was still alive, it seems like, you know, that would be like one of the ultimate things to, to throw it over the edge. But mm -hmm. it never happened. Mm -hmm. If you look at like how things would have been so smooth without the Alicent situation or Otto. I mean, I wasn't really afraid of Otto. And I don't think that Jaehaerys was. And I don't think that that Viserys was either, but it was his daughter who, no matter how many kids she had, stayed hot. 
that was that's the, the real that's the problem. issue. That was <laughs> the real the issue there. It's interesting because they talk about when it's time for him to get married again. Viserys, they all encourage him to marry um, Lena Valerion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for the realm, heal some old wounds. Because this question of secession started way before, you know, Rhaenyra was even in the picture. Yeah. It started it's, at the beginning of this chapter when he, when J- Ja was still alive. Before Viserys was even picked. And so there was all that conflict. He's just getting married yeah. willy-nilly. <laughs> well, that's the thing is yeah. that, you know, there's all this conflict before he was married with House Valerion, just based off of who was going to be chosen. And so you would think that in order to kind of settle the score and burn, not burn some bridges, build some bridges between two really, really wealthy and important families that you would maybe take one for the team, especially in a time when marriage was really a political play for a lot of these people. Just marry somebody else and then have your little girly on the side. That's what all the rest of them are doing, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so it's an interesting choice that he ends up going with her. You know, Otto has his ear and Alice wants a cutie. And so it's She's hard. probably also as effective as her dad. She's got to be. She has to be. Yeah. And so I I can see the the draw, but I think that that was probably the most fatal mistake that Viserys made because I just I like I don't think he has the kind of foresight or strength to really care. Like I think he cares, but I, he just is a little bit more of a softy, which isn't bad. It's just a different style of rule. Um, and so it was curious to me that he made that decision when he lived through the drama that has started years and years prior. Yeah. He had already named Rhaenyra his heir, and he never changed it. So maybe he just sillily assumed, kind of like when um, Robert wrote Ned, that piece of parchment that called him protector of the realm. It was like, oh, even though I'm not going to be around, I was king and I decreed a thing, nothing could possibly change around me. I think he just assumed everything was as chill as it seemed, but I don't think he really took the time or needed to take the time to see how deep other people's ambitions really Mm -hmm. like really were were baking like how much they were willing to go once they were able like once the horse gate drops exactly how how far they were willing to go and like snap right into it it's that confidence in assuming that everything is good yeah like you think about the earlier kings there was never much of a time of rest you would say and i'm not saying that any of this is a time of rest but yeah especially interstitial between aegon and magor that was that was rough yeah but there's rough. always you know holding on to the kingdom and there's no sense of trying to do that from viserys's perspective he ruled for 26 years casually he's one of the longest ruling ones and because is, of that yeah. like a casual rule cuz it followed up jaharis casually but you know barely holding it together and he kind of talks about how often he tried to reconcile his daughter and his wife and how sure the realm sees right through it and he's blind to this blind based off of, you know, pure desire. I can see how that happens. You want something so badly that you can't see the reality. Yeah. But it seems, and I don't, maybe we'll see this in the show more of his internal thought process and why he's making these decisions. Cause there are yeah. points in the chapter where they, it's pointed out that he makes a lot of deliberate decisions. He doesn't make decisions lightly. It's kind of what he points out in the chapter, but he just seems very short-sighted on a lot of the calls that he makes. And so I'm curious to see maybe what some of those conversations with the small council look like or some of the conversations with Rainera or 
Alison, like any of that kind of stuff. Honestly, it kind of reminds me of the point that we're at in Big Brother where they're far enough in that they're comfortable. They know they're going to be on the jury and they're like, I don't want to make, be the one to have to make the hard decision and get blood on my hands. So I'm going to set a precedent of chillness and you all better follow it. Right. Oh, you did something really bad. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it for a second. We're not going to really talk about it. Kiss and make up. All right. It's all on you guys. Mm -hmm. Later is what it kind of feels like. And he made such a bold move naming Rhaenyra his heir after you said that precedence for the Great Council. Right. And and the reason why he did that was because of Damon. Because apparently, you know, we could... We could pivot and talk about that more specifically. It's one of the like more exciting parts of this chapter is that his little brother, you know, like our Balin spawn, you know, the people that we thought were going to be a part of like a new dynasty where everyone was powerful and and like comfortable in who they were. We didn't know it was going to basically come down to Viserys and then his brother or Viserys's offspring, yada, yada, yada. We didn't know and they didn't know either, especially at the beginning of this chapter. But eventually it gets there. And his darling little brother goes after his even more darling little daughter. He really does. You know, like he loves Damon, right? (laughs) But he's, you know, Damon. Damon's Damon. Uh He's described like 14 times in this chapter as a warrior prince. Damon's Damon. And Damon is going to Damon. But he didn't know Damon was going to Damon. To his daughter. With his little daughter. Man. Ambitious, impetuous, moody, charming as he was hot-tempered. All the stuff that is cool if he's not trying to literally fuck your daughter. Unless you're the daughter. Exactly. (laughs) That's why it's even worse. That's why it's even worse. (laughs) Right. He... He gives her kissing lessons. Why is there so many kissing lessons in this book? Well, <laughs> is that a thing that really happens? I never did that. No. No. Uh, yeah, that is a weird thing. But I don't know. It seems like whenever at this level of uh, trying to inject a kind of sense of morality and civility right. to human interaction. Meanwhile, yeah. like right outside, you're not to, not the gates of King's Landing, but within King's Landing. Like it's. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. A bacchanal doesn't come around like every every time something cool happens. It's like always happening. And it's not always pleasurable right. for everyone involved. Right. And that's literally right inside your city gate. So I think that they just sort of like play house at things being nice, mm-hmm. you know? And that's one of the things that like Arya doesn't really like about Sansa early on. She's like, I know you don't like this. Right. Like, tell me you're bored mm-hmm. or something. And you're like, <laughs> she like Sansa's like armors. She's like, I am doing a really good job at this dress and this dress. And, and Arya's like, tell me you think it's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess Rhaenyra is like a cool hybrid of being able to keep it together and not actually suck, mm-hmm. while also feeling good about the situation that she's in with Damon at that point when he came back to uh, King's Landing for like half a year right. during this chapter. They got to take the little dragon flights. Yeah, every day. Damon really came to life for me in, in this chapter, keep this going. go around. Keep going. Well, we've been having so many conversations about him and... We've been having a lot of conversations about Matt Smith portraying him and how that was, <laughs> how what that was going to look like. And recently we've been amped on the idea. Keyword and, look like. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Okay. And we've just been going back and forth. And for whatever reason, this read through of this chapter this time, it all just really clicked. I guess it's because we've had so much footage in the last couple of weeks since I last read the chapter, you know? Yeah. And so I could really see it. I can see what they're trying to do in House of the Dragon 
in my mind as I'm reading Fire and Blood this chapter. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it pieced together just his whole vibe while he, you know, that little hand movement on the bridge that we've been making fun of for days, but not in a bad way. It really just came together. Like his whole vibe for me just totally clicked. And I could just see him swaggering around kind of throwing his weight around. He's commander of the gold cloaks and he's with them on the front lines and they call, what do they call him again? Um, the Lord of Fleabottom. Lord Fleabottom. Lord Fleabottom or Prince of the City. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy. He's in everyone's business. Yeah. He's in every whorehouse and every bar, essentially. Yeah. And he is just kind of like this rough and tumble guy who is arrogant and ambitious. And I'm trying to feel there's there's a couple points in this chapter where they describe him. And it just it all clicked in my mind, kind of Matt Smith's portrayal and the look on his face and it made me really excited (laughs) because i think that that's going to be a really big personality and then you think about somebody like otto hightower game of thrones coming up against him yeah the usual kind of guy just trying to get close to the throne Mm -hmm. yeah putting his daughter out there you know really fishing for anything lucky he had a little hottie lucky for him to trade with hand of the king forever I'm excited to see that clash because it makes more and more sense, you know, why somebody like Otto just doesn't like the guy because Otto is this like proud and they call it, they describe him as um haughty and proud and yeah. been, he's been he's he's like a um he's been in politics his whole life kind of yeah. guy. And then he graduated to basically the highest station that you can get to. Yeah. If you're not born into being a Targaryen. And even then you're not going to get made hand. Mm-hmm. Now there's this guy running around trying to cause trouble, really messing things up for him. And so that's for dynamic. Damon, but business as usual for the throne though, he's probably doing good stuff. But the problem with him is like he, he continues to say stuff this is the reason why he gets kicked out i think it was like 112 or something like that i forget i got all the notes right so here though i know this was a long time. one i was oh, right well, no i wasn't kissing lessons was 111 let's Ooh. see let's go through the timeline <laughs> uh doesn't matter anyway he got kicked out basically for doubling down on some stuff he shouldn't have, shouldn't have said basically saying like i guess he didn't really understand that the king wasn't interested in more politicking or more decisions, he sort of considered his, even when he had kids, that's one of the reasons why I really like Viserys, even though rethinking it would have made sense, he didn't. He was like, you know, uh, I already did that, like, decree. Everyone already bowed and said everything that they needed to say. So that's what it is. She's my heir, and he has sons even. What a what a woke king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> On yeah, so many son, levels. His sons came so much later. Yeah, and, but still they came though, you know, with that with a with a pretty noble family too, Alice like a really like, powerful I family. I gave you many sons. I didn't just give you one. Yeah, and you turned a blind eye, and one's named Aegon, for God's sake. Right. We did. We did. She's like, I, I did completely became Targaryen for all of you. He's like, of course you would. What else would you be? A Lannister? Are you going to go hang out with Tybalt? But that's what got Otto. It says the when Otto got re- released for that because yeah. he was bugging him That's so much. That's what I'm much. saying, yeah. This hand, he, he named somebody else. He goes, this hand will not Hector me. Yeah, don't Hector me. Okay. He doesn't want to be bugged. I won't Hector you, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, he. I think he got so haughty because basically everything he did before that worked, you know, because he came from that, that shred, that shard of nobility with yeah. such a big presence 
one that we're still being affected from in the current story to this day in a big way. And as if you've, you know, been going along fire and blood chronologically since the beginning, you know, Old Town, the High Towers, the Sept, the Citadel. If you're important there, then you're important everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's been a hundred years now. And this is the first high tower hand and you can bet that they're going to try to push it as far as they can totally. so they have they've done a really good job they have Targaryen kids now the mm-hmm. bloodline is properly mixed but Viserys dismisses him and then mm-hmm. he keeps business as usual kind of thing it's, it talks about how the at this point the divide between Rhaenyra and Alicent just grow, like this is kind of the beginning of the end in their yeah. vibe it comes yeah. a little bit stronger later but it mentions here that their friendship was starting to go south at this point. Yeah, basically whenever they got married at yeah. all. And she got, Rainier got old enough to start to understand what was going on. Like right. She was she was her dad's cupbearer for the longest time. She was, like they, like I said in this chapter, an accessory basically to the king, even after he got married. And this was like, an could have been an older sister. I think that's what we're going to see in the show play out. That this is like kind of an older sister to you. And this could be a fun circumstance. I married yeah. your dad and marriage is weird. I know I'm closer to your age than his but you know i can be like this person in your life that you can depend on like you just basically earned a new family member that's like you but when they when she started having sons the power and the ambition the the fomo you know like instead of being like viserys like the guy that she married she was like wait a second we just had kids and i don't want to miss out on this rather than letting it play out and uh, that I think that's what really drove them apart. And so Renera starts thinking, I mean, maybe a lot of her confidence came from the fact that she knew that she was going to be the one to secede well, yeah. after they pledged allegiance to her. So it's easy to, like, talk more shit about the Greens, I guess, in this case, than the Blacks. But letting it go would have left all of this unresolved. But, like, when you're right there with that opportunity and just like when they find out um, later on about Viserys' death, you know, and the way that they handle that, it just really reveals what they're really like on the inside. And I don't think that Rhaenyra or or Damon or anyone on their side would be any better in that situation necessarily. But um, I don't know. It's just it's we say all this bad stuff about Damon, but there's something about the way that he does what he says he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. And he has that allegiance to his brother that makes us feel a lot of warmth for him. You know, Even like when that, his brother dismisses him. Yeah, that connection. He's got there. a strong family bloodline. When you don't want to turn your back on your sibling. Yeah. You know, even when they're doing stuff you don't like, when you're like, okay, like I understand the order of operations here. There's, there's age. There's also like mutual respect. I think that kind of behavior, even in the light of being a whoremonger. <laughs> Such a crazy word. I, <laughs> I like compound words, and sometimes they turn out like that, which right. are just like ripe for the kind of writing that George does. You know, know. like whoremonger. Yeah. There's like cheesemongers, uh-huh. fishmongers, and then a whoremonger. <laughs> um, it doesn't flow as well with updated terms. Mm-mm. Not at all. That flows the best, and it's also the most like coloring of him. But even him being like that, with all those other things that we like about him. I think that's like the reason, other than the fact that he's probably dashing as hell too, and he rides a crazy dragon that reflects all of his innermost personality traits, that someone like Rainier would be drawn to him. Probably also because of just the age and the fact that her dad wouldn't like it. I don't know. 
There's a million factors that, that play before. into their favor. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, Viserys just seems to turn a blind eye to kind of everything, even though people in the kingdom can totally see what's starting to go on. And they can, like, see the cracks starting to form at this point with, you know, Damon and Rhaenyra spending all that time together and Alessandra, you know, um, just their their relationship drifting apart. Other people can see what's going on, basically. It's crazy that we were in such a calm, like you were saying at the start of the episode, a calm, organized, plentiful, height of the empire state that this personal struggle between the families is something we talked about ages ago when we were experiencing the early successors to Aegon I courting the realm, basically. Mm-hmm. And we were like, the other lords and ladies and their maesters are noticing maybe a little family conflict. Yeah. And we're like, that's crazy how that's the struggle of the time because these are the ones that are in charge. And so they're basically revealing their own weaknesses through how they treat each other in front of those people. And now the scale is we have multiple free cities that were, I forget the exact cross section of where uh, it happened in this chapter because it was so long, I had many details, but the the vibe was... Um, that it was being spoken about in places like Volantis and Pentos, that there was this hostility between the king's wife and his daughter who was set to be the next in line of succession for the Iron Throne. And so securities that depend on the performance of Westeros, which is a lot at this state, and at this progress being now 100 years unified under the same family, can fall into question when it involves matters of succession like this so seriously well especially it's really grown it right. is the height of the empire because yeah. now they're now their squabbles are not a, just local no. they're they're literally international yeah. they're for everyone yeah and it's well, also intel like corporate intel for them from the stills that we've seen you don't really get that that much from this chapter but from the stills that we have seen Rhaenyra and Alessandra are besties you know there's like a real closeness there that it was probably very visible. And so it's going to make it a million times more impactful to see them start to drift away when we get to actually get real buildup of what their relationship was like. Because from the stills, I mean, they're, they're besties. They're, they go everywhere together. They're close in every sense of the word. And so that's going to make it even more salacious from an outside observer when as you well. you say salacious, what do you mean? And do you mean to like us or do you mean to other people in the kingdom? I mean to other people in the kingdom. That's why it's going to be interesting to the people in these other cities because these two cuties who were best friends who are the heir and the queen were close and they're the same age and they like each other. And now all of a sudden there is a very visible rift between them and so both sides have dragons both sides have dragons and Rhaenyra lost her man to Alessandra and so I don't know how apparent something like that is going to be to everybody dude that's crazy let's talk about that yeah Kristen Cole whoa I've said that we I think I said that in the last episode but watching that relationship play out between him and Rhaenyra and then seeing how everything Turns it's gonna blow at the up Twitter and TV, and literally. how he moves on to Alison, especially because I'm curious what they're going to say actually like happens. What the truth is, like, what do we commit to? Yeah, because yeah. we see in the chapter we get um, Septon Eustace and Mushrooms two different accounts of basically what happens between the two of them. Mm-hmm. One of the accounts is that Rainier propositions Christian Cole. And then the other count is basically the opposite that Christian Cole says, "Run away with me." And yeah, that was Eustace, right? Yeah. yeah. 
he said run away with me. And then, I believe, and then Mushrooms had Rainier proposition Kristen Cole before she gets married. Yeah, to like in White Sword Tower Valerian on the way back. She's, she's so hard up mm-hmm. that she hooks up with Harlan. Let me give you my virginity because you're the one I love. And I've been practicing. Yeah, I've been practicing. For this moment. And I haven't. <laughs> but not all the way. Not, no, it didn't yeah. go all the way. So this would be really exciting for you. Either way, it doesn't work out. There's some sort of thing. Like either he dismisses her, says no. I'm too proud, or she says, I'm not going to run away with you. And so I'm curious to see on the show if we're going to get a more apparent falling out, or if we're also going to have to kind of guess what happened between them. I don't know what might be more interesting. We could show us guessing through, uh, like, the setup and then cutting away. I I, I mean, there's a million ways you could do that, I guess, or maybe only, like, five. Or we don't see it at all and only hear them talking about it. So the question is, do you think that that will be interesting to TV viewers? This like, will they, no, sorry, not will they, won't they? This like, what happened and that your point of view of what you think of what happened, like colors the way you look at the rest of it? I'm not sure because when we talked to George, the way he talks about it was that they really had to pick a a storyline and they had to pick a timeline. That's the way he does talk about it. And so I wonder if that means that everything is a little bit more straightforward than we get it in the book, but that we lose so much of that intrigue that makes the reading much more interesting. And I doubt that he's always going to err on the side of Mushroom, which is always the wilder Yeah, but in this case, it wasn't that wild. Like Eustace says... I found, or they found, Damon and Rainier in bed together. They fucked. It was a different guy. uh, uh, Was it at the time? It might have been Melos. I forget. It was one of the, let me look at it because it was, let me look it up before we go too much farther because in one of them, Chris and Cole, Eustace says that Chris and Cole met Rainier that night. I have a ship. Let's run away. She refuses. Yeah. But then she Oh, and then um, Mushroom says Rainier approached Kristen Cole, tried to give mm-hmm. him her maidenhead. Yeah. He refused. Yeah. And then she went and gave it to not Damon, somebody else. Um, one of the Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, on the way back, basically. Yeah, on the way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her sword was was uh, uh, sacrificed. Or no, her... <laughs> I got, we got to read exactly what <laughs> the, it was. That quote it was... on the sword of his manhood. <laughs> the blood of her... <laughs> you got it? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> the blood of her maidenhead was Sack that's was what it was spilled on his sword or something yeah, on yeah the sword of his manhood that's good enough <laughs> yeah that's pretty close thanks for that well that's cool yeah either way it'll good be good for them yeah good for them whichever way it goes yeah so um, so basically I it was Eustace that was that I thought told a nicer story which was that the reason that Damon left town or, or sorry it was not as nice was that the reason Damon left town was because they found him in bed together? And I thought it was a different time. No, this was the this was all around the time Damon left, right? Right around the time when she, when Rainier is getting married to Lenore. Uh, that's what this. That's when this happens. Oh, am I wrong? Yeah. What, so did Damon already leave town by now? I guess I could use all of the yes. notes. That so Damon I took. was. <laughs> um, so Damon was exiled before. So this comes from that. So right, Damon right, was right, exiled because right. he found out about the kissing lessons, and sure. I didn't like it. And so yeah, he, it's more confusing because we don't even remember the facts, let alone who told us. Well, there's so many. <laughs> or like, you this chapter them. was legit nuts. And I mean, long. there was so yeah. much information. Wait, Harris is alive at the start of this chapter. For God's sakes, for a while, for like five something years. <laughs> J- Viserys finds out about the kissing lessons, and Damon says, <gasps> "Let me be her wife." Wait, let, let her be my wife. I want to marry her. And Viserys says, absolutely not, and exiles him. And so Damon goes back to the Stepstones. 
And then classic. From there, Rhaenyra, Viserys says, Rhaenyra, you have to get married, and we're going to marry you to Lenore Valerian. And she says, Valerian. absolutely not. <laughs> Did you say Valerian? No, I said Valerian. Oh, uh, sorry, that's a good last oh. name. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> she says, absolutely not. She's freaking out. And then Viserys says, well, then I'm going to take my secession away from you. Yeah. And then she says, oh, yeah, of course I'll marry him. And then that happens. From there, she either... Kristen Cole either propositions her and says, run away with me, or um, Mushroom says that she goes to Kristen Cole and says, here's my maiden head that I've been practicing on with you. And he says no, so she loses her virginity to somebody else. And then from there, whatever happens, then that's what happens between Rhaenyra and Kristen Cole. They become enemies. And then at the wedding tournament between Rhaenyra and Lenore, Kristen Cole gives his favor to Alysanne instead Mm -hmm. because of that. And then he kills Sir Joffrey, who's like Lenore's guy lover whatever it might be boyfriend and so Viserys is really mad and Alison's like yeah Yeah, not only she's like yeah but she's like you're my now sworn protector what a middle finger she's so comfy with who she is she's like Targaryens are nothing nothing so that's like a pretty I have a Targaryen kid I'm gonna start wilding out now exactly that's a pretty intense situation because dude yes it also happens really really fast I'm assuming Mm -hmm. the timeline of that it seems to be a pretty quick turnaround and so there's nothing like some teenage scorned lovers which just seems to be kind of how they're playing it up so that's a situation I'm very much looking forward to watching play out on screen I just thought that with all of Mushroom's it's just layers of confusion because with all of Mushroom's big talking, I would thought that he would be like, yeah, they found him in bed together. They totally hooked up. Instead, he was like, no, they were just practicing. So and she then, give his and then she head. went there and then pressed herself to yeah. Kristen. And then Kristen said no. Yeah. So it makes me think that it's somewhere more in the middle, but like more against what the maester was hoping that it was. Right. Like... I think it was probably embarrassing for Rhaenyra inst- instead of it being bad against Damon. Right. I don't think it was all bad. I think it was wiggly. And I don't think that Damon said, uh, who will have her now? Because I took her maidenhead to Viserys and that that pissed him off. I think it just might have been the situation like of him taking such a direct interest and in it potentially leading to his daughter becoming more just sexualized in general. He just doesn't want him around her. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't I even think matter it, what I think happened. it's more like that instead yeah. of a... Um, a specific like Damon thing. wilding out yeah, on his exactly. brother like that doesn't exactly. sound right but the maesters try to paint Damon as a as a comically dumb and and immoral character in the situation and it just made me pause because it felt like in this case Mushroom's account was way more in the middle but I think he would have also like done that too just to mess with people because I think he likes the the immoral the nature of, of a daemon. So but I think, think he would about, make it sound worse. You think about else. where these two sources are getting their source material from. And Mushroom, they talk about how all of the court people thought he was an idiot, essentially. And so they just said whatever they wanted in front of yeah, them. Yeah, but like a proper version of it. Like actually, like he had like disabilities. That, yeah. The, the, like he wasn't just dumb. Like that he couldn't like really understand it. Like oh, I say yeah. horrible stuff to my dog all the time, confidently. Right. The only people that know about that are Amazon and Apple. Sure. But like he's not going to be able to retell it, but Mushroom can. Right. And so people just freely either gossip with each other and tell the most intense stories that they know about or they are really just like whispering behind doors and telling what exactly what they heard or he makes it up or he makes it up but then septon eustace is writing from maybe he makes it up too it's not like just a fool with a huge member for sure can do that 
I mean, and that's what that's the, half the point that George is trying to make with the reason yeah. why he wrote the story this right. day. Exactly. But, that we're all like that and just depends on like what opportunities you have and how much you truly are like cool with being like someone like Viserys was. Whereas like even though he was having kids, the decision he made before, like rather than coming in and sticking his nose into the business that had already been dealt, he just literally kept it that way, even though I'm sure he loved his kids. Of course. Probably I'm sure. loved them. I mean, he came from a great wife. He was king at the time. Cool names. They were pumping him out pretty they fast. They were not a girl. So there's a plus. One too. of them was. Yeah, but the first the first Two. couple. Yeah. Mm, not girls. No, wait, the first one was a boy and then a girl and now I'm impressed. Now you're correcting me on that. Well, the only reason why I remember is because the girl is Hannah named, has taken the crown. Everybody. The only reason why I remember is the second girl's Helena. name is like a old family name for me. And oh, I never okay. hear that word that Was name it ever. Spelled like that? Like Targaryens? Like AE? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Are you a secret Targaryen? Maybe. Wow. It's Let's, an old hold family on. Let me name. get a lighter in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's my sister's middle name. So like when I Spelled saw like it. like that? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So when I saw it. Interesting. That's why I remember it. That's the only reason. I'm not. That's the only reason why. So. No, no, no. I want you to take the crown. This is so much better like this. <laughs> that's the only reason why I remember it. <laughs> I like it. being like this. But, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. I'm going to let myself go like Renera did. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you have a much better memory than I did. But anyway. Yeah. I mean. But he taught the it, it emphasizes so often how much he dotes on Rainera from day one and how much he dotes on his wife. Like, She's, those are his two apples he, of his eye. I think it's more about him being a good guy and also them being supreme ladies. Well, that's the thing is he that's wants to appease thing. everyone, he doesn't like conflict. I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't, no, like I don't blame him. Either. I don't blame him either. Like, there, there was no need for any of this, really. You know, he just there wants was no need for to the, get along. But I mean, at the same time, like, his daughter kind of, if she was really making kids with not her husband and they were pretending, like, I'm all about agency, you know, and like forced marriages suck and all that shit. But like way to actually like make the other kids that are potentially going to be rivals of the other kids, like way to give them ground to stand on. I know that's just how it goes. I hear they're so strong. Yeah, these three strong men. But like way to give them because. Fuel the fire. Your your situation is uh, a decree. Right, yeah. one that was basically decided against, like for sure, just years, prior. almost all the way decided against at the council, the great council at Harrenhal. That everyone right? was at a they thousand like, lords were there. They're like, let's just simplify it. Male heir, we're 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 nailing it in right now. Next king, because he's mad, goes. By the way. My brother's never going to touch the throne. He'll never touch the block. He'll never touch the throne. <laughs> the two things I stand for. And uh, what I say is what I stand for. And I stand for what I say. <laughs> and he, and so right after that, he changes it. And so it's wiggly. But she makes it worse by having potential just straight up bastards that she wants to give dragon eggs to. And it's not like it would have been a Targaryen person that impregnated her based on who she married but at least it would have been close with the but Valerians. then she has regular They're, then she has targaryen kids with damon later down the road and that's a whole other story those that is a whole those other kids story. are the, the the cream of the crop Which, damon, is targaryen, that who they talk and, about how their kids were only beautiful in a way that targaryen kids could be beautiful or was that they talking that about was somebody Allison's else? kids oh really in this chapter yeah pretty much yeah no it wasn't yeah 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 like helena I'm pretty sure, but I think that like they would have said the same thing about uh about uh Jahara and Jaharis. Hands googling. No, I have so many searching notes. through our notes, which is basically at Google at this point with these I last know, two literally. chapters. Oh, it was described. Oh, that's how um, Rhaenyra was described. Yeah, was yeah. beautiful as only one of the dragons' blood could be beautiful. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking of. My bad. Anyway. 
Um, Shout out to Renera's mom. So it's in, it's interesting too because that's gonna be that scene, by the way, that fucked up scene. Oh, when Renera gets born? Uh, no, the 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 kid. That birthing scene. Yeah. So that's it was, it was it was it's Viserys' wife, his that, first Emma, yeah, his first wife. That's how she or, dies. Emma. Okay, got it. Yeah. Did you see that headline? I can't remember what it was like. Um, there's not going to be a lot of gratuitous nudity in this. Don't worry, guys. You can watch it. Yeah, or sexual violence. Yeah, it's like okay. I think that uh, there's a lot of people that are um, turned off by the idea of gore and of just like random sex scenes that aren't um, necessary. That like I'm one of them. Really? Yeah. But like, even oh, when you God. watch something by yourself, yeah, I won't watch it at all. Really? Yeah. Okay, so people like you, imagine you're like 30 years older and you're just really set in your ways. And you're like, you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to give this a shot. Right. So I think they're just kind of like really setting everybody up for success exactly. as best as possible. You can watch this with your mom. Right. Maybe not though. Because or your of mom this. can watch this and not Emma like complain to you about it. Right. Being on scene. It doesn't matter. Um, what were we talking about before? Do you even like Hot D? Are you asking me that for You said for it doesn't real? matter. Like, do you even do you Oh, even it doesn't matter what this? you're saying. Well, the, I don't care what the headline says. That some, like, was it an Entertainment Weekly article, probably, that was like, uh, don't worry, guys, we can watch it. Someone. I don't care about that kind of stuff. Someone did it. Yeah. They're like, wait, no one's written about this yet. Right. Yeah, we gotta get all the, the pie graph needs to be filled. Then Damon was making jokes. I thought that was, he, he was calling Balon Air for a day. That made Viserys so mad. That's the thing. You were kind of talking about it earlier. Viserys and Balon, not Balon, Viserys and Damon really butt heads a lot. I think they shouldn't have told that rumor, but that he said that, because we don't know that he said that drunkenly, yeah, but I'm but, sure he did. You know, I'm, it's one of those things where you believe the rumor because you've heard him say other stuff like that before. That's the worst thing, though, I think. Well, no, other than him, uh, like, creeping on his... Little but girl. they still reconcile. They they still ride yeah. for each other. Yeah. Even though there is and so there's that whisper of some really strong family bond there's that happens big time in there. Family you bond. know? And that, so that moment I tweeted it out earlier, or I think I was going to, and I didn't, but that moment when here it is right here, I'm just gonna read it. Wearing a crown and styling himself king of the narrow sea, he appeared unannounced in the skies above King's Landing on his dragon. Dra- <laughs> <laughs> dragon circling thrice above the turning grounds but when at last he came to earth he knelt before his brother and offered up his crown as a token of his love and fealty Ooh. Viserys returned to the crown returned the crown and kissed Damon on both cheeks he returned the crown mm-hmm. that's cool and kissed Damon on both cheeks welcoming, welcoming him home and the lords and commons sent up a thunderous cheer as the sons of the spring prince were reconciled. Amongst those cheering loudest was Princess Renera, who was thrilled <laughs> at the return. My hot uncle, back. her favorite uncle, <laughs> and begged him to stay a while. Yeah. But God, just that that uh, in the face of all the other BS happening, that kinship is that's that's the. In my mind, like that's the magnetic force that holds all of this together. Well, it's powerful because that's the kinship that held the kingdom together for so many years before. That's Jaehaerys and Alassane's kingship. That's Aegon and his sister's kinship. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like that's like that real family bond. And so, you know, I think that they've said this before in a lot of the promotion. The drama of this story is that it's not family versus family, like one family versus the family down the street. The drama is that it's your blood for the most part, even though the blood is kind of, you could argue diluted with some of these people because they've been marrying other families. 
but it's blood v. blood. And so... Before they have the kids, it's vibe v. blood. And then Alicent really cements herself in the in the scenario by having straight-up Targaryen kids with the king. And they have very Targaryen names, and they have dragons. And, I mean, it's like the way that the way that Balin died from appendicitis, which they called a burst belly. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of exceptionalism and not getting sick is like this creeping truth behind all of it where these Hightower kids, they're not from two Targaryen mates, which a lot of these main players are. Until this They're point. from incest straight yeah. up. These guys aren't. And the fact that they're from the king, that they have really Targaryen names, and they have dragons... It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's diluted big time, but they're a, they're the one side of they're the, the, of the dance of dragons. Yeah, and the their family. mom is not like Rhaenyra, who's like a Targaryen hottie that looks like Danny. It's Alicent Hightower. Yeah. How the did you guys yeah. get in here? And that's one of the reasons why it's such like a deep dig at everything, you know? It's like the Lannisters being so deeply ingrained into... The, yeah, the thing that's interesting about kings. about about that for for um, the current state of the story, like when it starts out with AGOT, is that they're only like, you know, they're there's like just out just over ten years into the the usurping of this long term dynasty. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that's not even that long to wait when they were really the reason why when they turned cloaks at the very end, why it was able to be cut off so early. You know, it's like it's like kind of dropping the atom bomb. It's like, yeah, we could have fought this out. We probably still would have won, but you saved us X amount of lives and X amount of money and infrastructure and time really because you were able to like sort of drop a bomb on our enemies right quick. So it makes a lot of sense that those Lannisters would go Oh, we're just gonna like slip our way in right now. Yeah, and they did it like the same way that these high exactly. towers are. That's exactly they like slippery the, the way, way in with marriage and birthing and shit, mm-hmm. and and lending a useful hand to the guy in charge. Yeah, whether yeah, it's money or vibes or. So if you're not paying attention, what yeah. were you gonna say? No, that's exactly what I was gonna say. So if you're not paying attention, like Viserys, mm-hmm. and you're trying to be all vibe only, you can get snaked up on by would be warriors out here. Just like working as hard as they can. It does sound fun, just, though. Wh- which part? Viserys is trying to just have a good. That's time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I am totally down with that. But you can't, you can't discount the fact that it doesn't matter how fun that is. Some people's metric isn't fun. Some people's metric is taking as much as they can possibly get while they can possibly get it. And so we're seeing that all fall apart. Like there was a controlled version of that with Viserys's kid and his brother. Um, depending on whose account that you believe, like they didn't rush off and get married right then, but it was still like immorally fucked up. But at the same time, like they are also Targaryens and they all interbreed and like age gaps aren't a thing. And I don't know like how creepy they thought it was or if they just straight up thought it was hot. I don't think they thought it was creepy at all. That's just how they did it. That's their, that's, it's, that's that's why he didn't kill his brother. Yeah. That's why he just sent him away and he accepted him back. I wanted to um, read the description of Viserys because I think that that kind of colors a lot of the way we t- like put the conversation. From early in the chapter, it says, um, Viserys, the first Targaryen, had a generous, amiable nature and is well-loved by his lords and small folk alike. The reign of the young king, as the commons called him upon his ascent, was peaceful and prosperous. His grace, his open-handedness was legendary, and the Red Keep became a place of song and splendor with Rainier at the beginning, but his open-handedness, you know, he just, his appeasement of 
everybody. It's like kind of you're saying it allows it allows somebody like Otto Hightower to gain a lot of power or like Alessant, who was already kind of I don't want to say creeping because I'm not t- She creeped it on jaw. Yeah, she was kind of <laughs> Maybe she was a nice sweet girl. Well, that's back what I'm then, saying. Though. She was young and she was just kind of helping the guy out, but you know, the most important guy that there could be. You she think was she really reading to him. In what kind of way? In a mushroom kind of way. No. You don't think? I don't think so. Because Jaharis was so fiercely loyal to... Yeah, I know was he dead, was dead, dead, though. She no, was I dead, know, dead, dead. I know, but not for that long. He was 64. He was 69. And so he, She died in a hundo, and he died in 103. And they were apart for much longer times than that. God, you you literally win the gold cap today. <laughs> <laughs> You're the new king. Wow. Um, Succession doesn't have to be male. We'll keep going. It's listen, based on merit on this podcast. Hannah knows more than I do. Anybody who it's thought I didn't know anything about A Song of Ice and Fire. You're surprising yourself more than anyone, I bet. <laughs> have something coming for that because I have. I heard you say Eustace earlier, and I was like, it's over. It's over. Listen, I've turned a new leaf. <laughs> Okay, guys, I've been working so hard to remember the dates. Anyway, whatever. I don't think that she did that because only based off of A, maybe my own pure desires of he's going to be loyal to her forever and ever until the day he dies. We don't touch Harris's memory is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, I don't think so. I think she just, it was a very strategic move, but I also think she was in the right place at the right time. And wasn't he Harris's hand at the end? Otto? Yeah. And so she yeah. was just, she was probably around a lot. Yeah, that's why. He that's was why. old he was like, and he wanted yeah. a little sweetie there. You know, he's like yeah. an old grandpa. When I, okay, so at the very beginning of the chapter, Jaharis passes away, and this is after Viserys becomes, is named the heir. And the stage is already set for the issue happening after Viserys' death, even then, before uh, yeah. Viserys even takes the throne, because we've got like the Valerian family is like going to bind the Viserys nomination, but isn't super happy about it. We've got Alessant up in Jaharis's grill as he's passing away with Otto kind of still very much... People talk about how annoyed they were with how much power he had. Yeah. They don't like his energy. Um, he was such a little douche about it. Too. Yeah, you know, like the seeds were planted so early and we're not even too... If Damon took power, it would mean the end. He would be worse Magor. than Magor the Cruel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be my daughter's kids with you or nothing else. Oh God, what did he did like? He's just jealous that Damon had all the moves. The point, the sword point. Even the old king himself so gave, old gave, gave Damon Dark Sister. Right. I mean, come on. Right. A legendary Valyrian steel blade in his hand. What are you going to do, Otto? What are you going to do? Speak him to death. You know, try to word him. Well, word in him old to town, death. we <laughs> have you heard of uh-huh. the high tower? <laughs> no, but like his his little daughter did all the heavy lifting. You know, like got him in there. So many of all the little daughters do. You know, they do. They windle their way in. They do. Um, this is so random. Can I? Do you need to tell me? I do. I was going to use the bathroom. I was. You could tell everyone, and I'll be 45 seconds tops. Okay, well, let's take a little TikTok break while you go. Are you going to play him on the podcast? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is my... You go to the... You go pee. This is Hannah's TikTok hour. Do the solo podcast. Cheers. I got me a Diet Coke, too. The... Okay, the thing I wanted to tell you... 
which this whole podcast is just stuff I want to tell you. So why would you assume <laughs> anything different? I didn't want to say this thing, but I felt like I had to. <laughs> this is totally random from what we were talking about before, but I was thinking about it a lot. So in this chapter, um, Damon going to the Stepstones, they've got like three sentences about it where they talk about... I love that. They talk about Damon and... Corliss. Corliss. Yeah. Corley. Plotting. Corley. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, Try maybe. it on. We'll okay. See. They talk about it. They go over there. Then they come back. And George describes it as a private war that we don't really know that much information about. And so that was really struck out to me because they are obviously using that. Either they're just using a lot of footage from the Stepstones because it's fiery and yeah. total decimation, which doesn't seem to be like that actually in the way they describe it in the book. Or it's enough to keep them busy for a while. It's enough to, yeah, they're there for a while. He's even distracted from Rhaenyra for a while there. But they, um, it's not as strong of a, like, total domination. Like, they didn't really ever totally secure the area. He basically crowns himself king with, like, a third of the way done. like, they had the, uh, uh, basically his forces, I was going to say Targaryen, his forces controlled the islands. Like, two of them, though, out of the three. Right, and, uh, uh, Corlys's uh, fleet patrolled the waters. It was a partnership. I just find it interesting that um, there's so much of the f- footage from the Stepsons is in all of the trailers, pretty much. And we get just a couple sentences where Battles, basically though. says, sense, we're right. not going to talk about it at all. So I just was curious about that. It just highlights right. again and again the same thing we've been talking about of we're getting the framework of and, that, and then we're going to get the interpersonal stuff. So yeah. that conversation that they have about let's go, let's fight, and yeah. then what it takes to get there, all that kind of stuff. Unless we get some of the, you know, season six era, season five era, fast forwarding of jumping from place to place that we kind of had with Aria. Maybe yeah. that was like, when was that? Season five season of Aria's five Bravos. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like jumping from place to place. Probably not. I think they probably learned their lesson on that front, but it just stood out to me. It was like a private war or something. There's going to be some fast forwarding in time though, I think immediately. So I think your point is shit on in, in that regard. I know. Because we're going to age yeah, but there's like a difference, 15 years Yeah, but there's sometimes. a difference between jumping between timelines and oh, then totally. just traveling really right. fast from it's one place to another. For, I just think it's funny for the point though because yeah. we're literally going to go up like 12 those, years <laughs> at a certain point. Those like, are two whoop. different things. No, they are. It's just funny. It's yeah, just, it is it, funny. It's funny. So... It's like, oh yeah, you guys don't like time jumps. So right. We're gonna recast someone just to show them as exactly, older. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like we're not gonna take you all the way through it. I think that that's gonna be a great way to stitch like young versus older, or, like young to more old, older. Damon is uh, his stepson. Times exactly. It's gonna be like a campaign. Yeah, you know, and like you've seen that depicted in, in TV shows and in movies. I'm sure, especially in movies, they have to like really show via a campaign of some kind, the kind of growth that is supposed to take place during some kind of a time jump. Mm-hmm. And that's really the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll probably do it through that. But I, one of the things I love about it is that it's so, uh, I just, I talked about in the last, that last episode, it's so appropriate as far as the geography is concerned. And Dorne gets involved in the last leg of it and literally fights against Damon and Corliss who are both so directly attached to the throne. 
Dorne just does not give a shit <laughs> pretty much ever. Right. And the king still doesn't do anything. I mean, that's one of his kingdoms technically, even though they don't really want to go down there ever. But they were sad when Jaehaerys died, so there's like a little... That's what made me so sad. I, I did tweet that out earlier. Oh, did you? Yeah. That that made me so sad and so happy at the same time. Yeah. It was like, God, even in Dorne, they were rending at their yeah, garments. Yeah. Tearing at their garments. Being so sad. But then now here they are, you know. Like you said, they're never... <sighs> I get it. They're not really part of it, but... They're kind of doing they're their own thing. They're fighting against. They're yeah. being opportunists on the yeah. edge, the, yeah. the geographical edge of the southeast. And uh, it's like what happened in uh, uh, Hull uh, and then uh, what popped up, Spice Town. Uh, and, of course, like just Driftmark in general. And it's crazy. We're going to see it during the – not now during – as we in our next episode, we're going to start doing like Hot D. But when we come back to the books afterwards, uh, we're going to see In Fire and Blood – the basically like it's kind of like what happened to uh house reigns um you know from reigns of castamere fame like this place spice town hall driftmark being so important to trade being such a bottleneck of naval travel of shipping and industry from all the places that you know about all the places that you don't know about and all the places that Corlys Valerian himself went to to make money made them so consequential to the flow of vibe and actual product in Westeros and in modern Game of Thrones it's just wiped out and we're going to see how and why they got wiped out during Fire and Blood but right now it's like actually worth fighting for and maybe it just comes down to like not passing it down to the next random Valerian like Maybe like Corliss was lucky that he was able to get the reins from a noble person. And then, I don't know, it's just sort of like what happened with post Jaharis. Like, Viserys, or Viserys was a good, a good king, I think, to replace him. Obviously, not the first choice, but it's like there's a, um, a really sad, like bittersweet um, story within all of this. That's just like you can't compare to someone who really held it together. Unless, like, you really try to compare to them and hold it together. If you're just a replacement because of the sake of replacement, it doesn't really work that well. I think that's why, obviously, it's why people think that democracy can be so useful. Because you can get, like, the same hungry sort of competitive edge every time instead of it jumping around generationally. A lackluster kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I think that they're going to stretch it out. And I think it's going to be really entertaining. I think it's going to be the thing that's going to, like, make certain people that are soft on someone like Damon and probably like the same reason they'll be soft on Amond at first because he'll have the the same sort of Amon I think will will like incels will really like him because he's going to have some pretty like outbursty crazy moments of like strength like taming Vagar yeah and what he does with Vagar, yeah. that will just make people be like, some that's people will be like, that's my fucking guy. Yeah. And then some people who didn't like Damon really early are going to see how him and his brother are over the first season. And they're going to see like how much blood he spilled and like shed uh, in the stepstones to sort of like pay for his sins mm-hmm. and to like put on for his kingdom, like without even getting help or getting uh, recognition for it. And I think that a lot of those original haters of Damon will turn into like fans of him like they did Jamie Lannister sort of and then turn all their hatred towards someone like Amon. Well, it makes me also think too in these other characters as well whose sides, quote unquote sides we're going to take first like Rhaenyra and Alyssa and how all of that is going to go 
what's who's going to come out as a clear or maybe not so clear fan fave or leader i'm not sure i go back and forth all the time on kind of who you think is supposed to be the one i mean even this even this episode we've kind of gone back and forth on people people making good decisions people making poor decisions and so i think it's going to come down to the personality of the actors on screen whoever which is is a little bit nuts but it's true you know and i'm I feel confident in what that's going to be like just because the reviews have been spectacular. Yeah. We're starting to get all of the major yeah, the reviews outlets. Have been nuts. Yeah, the, the reviews are all... There was never a review for Game of Thrones that was that no. good. People just said it's big. The reviews are really. amazing. They really are. And so... Maybe they just got throners, though, that are left over. Right? I don't think so because cause even Elio and Linda, they had a review up from watching the season and their review, her review was good, excited. Right. Well, it's like one of those things. It's like Oberyn, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, it seems like this wouldn't work, but you're going to come in like that. Even Cersei was like, all right, I'll pay attention for well, a exactly. second until and so he died. That's why I think this conflict kind of coming down to how it c- plays out on screen is going to be fun because I think that the actors are really going to show up and show out in terms of their performances and so i'm excited to kind of see how that colors the way that we read the story because i was already noticing as i was saying earlier in this episode i was already noticing it after how much footage we've seen at this point when i was reading this time around and so noticing what how much the matt smith's damon portrayal was i was just on the money yeah, yeah as i was it just changed my perspective about it and so i think that us having the opportunity to get to know these characters more through these guys is going to be a fun experience instead of a not good experience. They also got George doing the uh, like talking head breakdowns. Right. Like the after the episode vibe and that behind the scenes. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if he's going to keep doing it, but wow. <laughs> what a what a fitting evolution from no offense to the 2Ds. Like, I think, you know, in general, you guys did a... Bad job. Oh, I think, you guys, I, I think no. you guys did a great job like helping us like get fantasy on a place like this. And but you like, really phoned it in at the end. Taking it for, it's kind of t- embarrassing for take, you. Taking it seriously enough to like make it uh, continue to happen. But Jesus Christ, give me give me my give me my fucking grandfather, George R. Martin, yeah, give us the guy. in that role uh-huh. saying the stuff, shooting his shit when he needs to. Like that I think that that is making people feel pretty confident too. Because George is, was really hands off in the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, for obvious it's like reasons. He said. Yeah, but in every sense of the word, not just because he wasn't on the show. Yeah, working on it, but just was very hands off for the whole thing and had very vague blog posts about it. You know, and so the vibe is <sighs> Jeez, clear. So just deduce what you want. From yeah, that. the vibe is clear, and so I mean, we can go on and on about what do you say. House of the Dragon is running like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Someone put that sound bite, took that sound bite and tweeted at us. That just is like a so repeating good. Gift. Man, we need to use that on an Instagram story House or the something. House running like so a motherfucker. We should, can we like make a new intro song and we have that if the show gets good? Oh, for sure. And that's let's kind of let's the put intro, it in there. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> right on. Finally an that's idea. Energy, I don't have to right. think about it the last second. That's the energy we have going into the series, so. I think, I mean, I don't know if there's any other kind of thoughts, feelings, et cetera, you have. Well, the problem with this is there's just so many details in this chapter. And I know that this this episode has been a hybrid version of this is our last breath before the plunge, but also we're breaking down this chapter. I don't think it's necessary for us to go through 
each of these timeline elements, even in the sort of like uh, book club format that we do these podcasts. It's not, yeah. I don't think it is. I think most of the vibes um, that that are need that need to be talked about have been talked about, and we're going to get more into the children of Damon and Rhaenyra and of uh, Viserys and Alicent and of uh, Rhaenyra and Damon and their other consorts, aka marriages. Um, in more detail later, because the dance, George says at the very end of this chapter, he says, he never woke. He was 52 years old and had reigned over most of Westeros for 26 years. Then the storm broke and the dragons danced. Ending a chapter like that in a fake history book is some throwing your cards down on the table. We're in it's, for a ride. It's so, it's, it's right on the edge of being cheesy, but it's not because what's to follow is way ridiculous. The stuff that happens with Sunfire. I know. My God, does <laughs> this go into the depths of a broken head? Mm-hmm. Just what? It's so nasty. It's so nasty. And so we're going to hear about a lot of these names. There's a lot of dates. There's a lot of people born. And like I said, we could go through the list and acknowledge all of them and maester transitions, deaths. But I think like the, the big takeaway is at this point, even when Viserys is dying, is that all the roles in the kingdom are pretty locked down. And it's sort of a carryover, a carryover from when Jaehaerys was in power. Good people doing good stuff to suit the realm. Some of them have personal desires and ambitions that are clouding up their um, like trajectory moving forward. But for the most part, everyone is still doing their job and it's okay. But once Viserys passes away, the people that are involved, people like Kristen Cole, people like Alicent, and then of course the side of the blacks as well that know about this or eventually know about it, all have so many different reactions to the chance at a shred of an advantage over the people that they don't like. And we're going to see that reset up again in ways that we've been talking about for the past handful of episodes on starting Sunday night and then each week from there. And then we'll come back to Fire and Blood. And I don't know at what point they're going to leave us in the TV show for sure. But it's all swirling around the same thing, which is watching these people with varying levels of technology and access to weird, maybe even wizardry. Maybe that has to do with a lot of the reason that um, Viserys is so chill with his decisions. We don't know yet specifically, but I think we're going to learn pretty soon in a strange hybrid context. It's like you said when we were talking about Damon's time in the Stepstones, the first real campaign with Corlys. It's basically a paragraph of just set up and he acknowledges we don't really have to get into this literally says that yeah but we're going to get yeah. into it uh. so we're about to embark on uh Alyssa farman like voyage <laughs> into a place that we've never been where the showrunner is one of the showrunners is the author and i think he very well knew what he would have liked to have seen happen when he was writing fire and blood putting those parts together from like he told us from World of Ice and Fire, and then coming up with more notes, I think this has been a design. And I think we're about to be treated to something that is way more specific and thoughtful than even some of the best movies that you've seen or TV shows that you've seen. Because this is a lifelong plan, a lifelong coup, really, if you could, if you could say that. 
And uh, it's going to last more than the two years of pre-productions that a lot of some of the greatest movies have. This has been in the works for a long time. And I think we're going to learn more than we thought we were going to. And I think that we could potentially, especially us like deep fans that are doing the stuff that we're doing right now, listening and making this stuff. I think we're going to get more than we thought we were going to get. I agree. I really do. And it's a really cool, fun treat to be able to live through. And I'm glad that it happens literally on Sunday. I know. We're, what? we're so close. And so we want to be... We're, we're we're celebrating. We're in celebration mode. And so Sunday, we're going to go live on Instagram. We'll talk. We're not, we're not quite at the end of the show, but just to tie off your little soliloquy, that was so nice. Sunday, we're going to go live on Instagram. We're going to record our episodes like we did in season right after the show airs, and then they'll come out later. And then we'll record again midweek, kind of breaking down what's been happening during the week. And I think that I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wasn't sure how that was going to work. Wasn't sure what kind of content we were going to be able to talk about. Wasn't sure if it was going to be worth it as we think about what these different spinoff shows are going to look like. But every single day, as we've been saying for weeks, it only gets more exciting. And so I would recommend if you haven't read this, I know we say this every time, this is the chapter to read. If you want to know about if you want to know about House of the Dragon, this is the chapter that you need to read. Setup wise, too, it won't really spoil really no, anything. It'll just yeah. give you the overview to be able to kind of see who the big players are, what they're trying to do. This is the chapter, so it's long, but I I would recommend either listening to it or getting through it before you sit down to watch the show because then you're gonna have a, a much broader. You're gonna have the same context that everybody else has for what's happening. So yeah, like you'll see Viserys and be like, "Wow, he's a nice guy," because you already know that. But if you listen to this podcast, you've heard us say it fifty times sure, too. But don't don't let our opinion. True. Yeah, make if you yours, got some extra so. time. Just do it. Just listen to it or read it. But I, I, you're totally right in the sense of we're gonna go in deep and we're gonna get more than we ever thought we could, just based off of what we've seen in the trailer. I just you know. Real conversations, real human emotions, real conflict. That's really exciting to me. Yeah, this chapter has a lot of spoilers probably for season one. Like Lenor and Lena. I think that's fine, though, because it's a framework for... Maybe some people are totally want to be spoiler Unsolid, yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Um, Kristen Cole, Amon, conspiracies and luxuries start was, now. Oh my gosh, do you think that mystery of... The of, um, what's his name? Burning is going to be Harwin. Harwin. Do you think that's going to play out on screen? So, for those of you who uh, haven't read it yet, um, the person that Vernira potentially slept with on her way back from being either turned away or whatever happened with Kristen Cole uh, was Harwin Strong. Uh, his dad was the replacement hand of the king for Otto when Otto was gone. So you can take your truths of the way that reality works and the the fairness of things on your own accord there. But he replaced Otto because Otto did some stuff. So the guy who replaced him's kid became a member of the Kingsguard. Who eventually became Rhaenyra's replacement sworn protector after her and CC, Christini, had a falling out. And... Probably is the father of her first few kids. Yeah. You know, the three that are really going to be influential and uh, instrumental in the Dance with Dragons. Passes in a fire. 
as soon as it comes to a head, that's right after the Amen incident. Mm-hmm. That's right after their their uh, there's a funeral at Driftmark, yep. and they're ta- they're uh, they're mourning the loss of Lenore. I think so. And uh, they're all there. It's like the dragon Woodstock, basically. It's like more dragons and dragon riders in one place since the Doom of Valeria. And Eamon takes Vagar, yeah. and uh, Luke cuts him in the eye, and his, his eye goes patchy. There's so much talk about the replacement for Lanor and Corliss as who will be the new admiral of the fleet for Westeros. And there's so much talk for are these strongs or are these actual Targaryens? Mm-hmm. That promise of pulling people's tongues out with pincers that Viserys made uh, ends up being followed. And the guy who's at the center of, you know, who's the real dad is Harwin Strong. And then he and his dad are traveling around and then he They get sent back to, to Heron Hall. Yeah, that's yeah. the response to and all so the, the gossiping. And so the question is, was it Damon? They were there for like a couple days. Yeah, not long at they all. They just got there. Was it Damon because he wanted to be with Rhaenyra so he was jealous? Or was it this Corliss because he was mad that Rhaenyra cucked, basically... Cucked his kid. Yeah. That's the word that G used, not right. us. Was it an accident? Someone's... So there yeah, was it could rumors, have been an accident. There's rumors that it was Viserys who also realized... The curse. Also the curse, curse of Harrenhal. Yeah. Of Harrenhal. Viserys realized that potentially it was the fact that the rumors were true about who... That was the maester of, yeah. of Melos. Was I thought like, that was such a bold <laughs> idea. It, was, it could have been Viserys. We wish. Just Viserys isn't like, making no moves like that. What so. a move. He was just like, you know what? He might have made that kind of money move, though. Like, screw these guys. I should have never let them this far it in. Would be, it would be cool to watch a little mysteries like that play. Because it's like a little vignette play out on screen on, on top of that. Because we just get, you know, a couple again, a couple sentences. And so... Like you were saying, it's not necessarily worth going line by line, date by date in this chapter because I think we covered the vibe well, but I would recommend reading it just yeah. to feel like you've got the full setup. And yep. so, okay. Um, that's that. We, well, so we asked everybody to send in both their own of the chapter and then kind of the own of what they've seen on screen thus far. And so, for Hadi, for Hadi, I guess we'll do the same for us, you and me. Oh, shit. I didn't know we were going to do that. Okay. Uh, quick shout out to the first Joffrey from Lanor's lover, eventually becoming part of the Targaryen nomenclature, right? When they eventually, finally named their last kid that they have together after his OG lover. That was killed by Christine, Christine E. Cole. That's the first Joffrey. You know, they're uh-huh. all blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they're like, uh, Joffrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the guy. <laughs> okay. Nice way to come in. Mm, I don't have an own for what I said we should do our second own for. My own for the chapter is a little bit random, but it was something that we hadn't discussed yet. But from the Great Council at the beginning, when everybody comes in to stake their claim, <laughs> there's 13 of them that come by. And a couple of them are Sarah's kids. Shout out. And they're wondering where she is. It says, Princess Sarah herself was still alive and well in Volantis. And only 34 years of age, her own claim was clearly superior to those of any of her bastard sons, but she did not choose to press it. I have my own kingdom here, she said when asked if she meant to return to Westeros. I like the idea that she just used all of this to her, to make her own thing and to her own advantage. Like she 
was in the Citadel, and then she made a business out of pretending to be a novice in a different kingdom, you know? And so she's called back to be the real thing, potentially, or throw her ring and her name in the ring. Yeah. And she's like, nah, I'm good here. Like, I've set myself yeah. up here just fine. To not come fine, back is, you know? pretty, is pretty strong. So. Not even a little bit. Own to Sarah. Shout out to the last chapter, but I liked that moment. So. And the offspring. Sarah's offspring. Yeah. Elephant. Not the best idea, but yeah, I like I loved how the they expected a certain amount and they got like thousands. Mm-hmm. The, it took, this, this it took was, half a year for the, them like, to get there. <laughs> how big is the con gonna yeah. be? You're gonna need to book some partner yeah. hotels quick. And then my own for the show, or for what i I guess what we've seen thus far, I think I have to give it to Damon Targaryen, Matt Smith really flipping around in my brain for how this whole thing was going to go. And I just have really been enjoying what we've been seeing so far. So I'm going to give my own to him. My own goes to young Rhaenyra. Uh, also to Matt Smith in general. And uh, I think that Viserys is going to, he's going to pop out like Ned did, but maybe even more because right. we're ready for it. I right. like that dude. I, I like that dude's personality. I liked him on the Comic-Con panel. It seems like he's a, like a glowing source of uh, goodness. And I think that that's really going to translate in a way that is going to make people that are suspicious or contemptuous or even skeptical of Hadi fall in love a little bit. I think that guy's got the goods, truly. I think he does. Don't know him. I think he's probably got the goods, though. Um, Shoot. God, there was so much in this chapter. I want to go for another two hours. Like details about Corliss and the, the way oh that he gosh. traded up. And all the things that he saw and the places that yeah. he went and the things that he got on yeah. the way back. Yeah, I really liked how he brought money. It's like he only came on one ship and then he bought ships and then like bought stuff and brought them back. But it doubled he, his he wealth. knew the spread yeah. because of like what it would take for those people that he brought it back to to actually pay for that. That kind of stuff was nice. Um. I wrote this down as a known, so I'm just going to read this, and we'll get to the rest of it later, because it's about to be hot D season, hard. One objection was raised. Lanor Valerian was now 19 years of age, yet had never shown any interest in women. Instead, he surrounded himself with handsome squires of his own age, and was said to prefer their company. But Grand Maester Mellows dismissed this concern out of hand. What of it? He said. I do not like the taste of fish, but when fish is served, I eat it. <laughs> what a hard man I do I do not like the taste of fish it's that simple like who you want to be as a person is that simple I do not like it but when it's served to me I ate it those are our owns in the veil the men fuck sheep you cannot fault them their <gasps> sheep are prettier than their women I forgot about that whole exchange <laughs> Damon really dismisses Dude, his Damon first Damon and Renera get married in this chapter spoiler they get married they don't just do the deeds in whatever ways that you might think for the love of God in the sight of gods and men, and most importantly, in front of her dad, his b- brother, they get married. It's not just that they might be hooking up in the Stepstones or on Driftmark, maybe even Dragonstone. No, no. And 
you could take away from how much we mentioned Masaria, how much I think I'm going to be interested in Masaria sure. in the TV show. Well, she has only mentioned. Just let it go. I mean, the dragon egg thing. Let's let her go the way of mushroom. <laughs> the dragon egg thing is a bold move to kind of like on Damon's part to try to get her into the fold, well, I guess. it's like what he wanted to do with his kid. Yeah. That's really what it is, right? I don't know if his intentions were to really... I think it, it happened because it worked for his favor, but if he hadn't been in some other drama, he probably wouldn't have done that. Oh, interesting. I didn't see that way. I just thought it was his kid. So he was like, I'll give it a dragon egg because I'm like, you know, a little off. He's a little off. That's the way I took it, but that does make more sense. And again, shout out to the OG Joffrey. All right. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Let's just introduce a new name. Um, these Valerians earned it, you know, to be as in the lore. And if that's who this guy loves, bring his name in the mix. We need some weird names. We need, like you said, a little bit more on top of it, you know? Something once a we, different. Once we hit Vagon, it was like, okay. I know. <laughs> it's time. Actually, no, once we went Amon to Amon. Yeah. That's a D. All right, Hannah's holding up the laptop. We've got Owens on Twitter, and we've got Owens on Instagram. We asked for those earlier today. So if you sent it past today, Sorry, Friday. we'll retweet you. We're going to start first with Twitter. And first we have Shane, at Shane Lisa, who says, My own is Balon dying from appendicitis. Dude was just in intense pain for days. And then... Um, John Mick responds, a small, useless, insignificant body organ, yet it did take a lot, it did a lot of work to guarantee a lot of pain, not just for Balon. Shout out and own to appendicitis. What do they call it? Burst belly. At Firespire on Twitter, my own goes to one of Sarah's bastards who brought a dwarf elephant in order to convince the great council. And another own to Mushroom. I would pay millions to have the unabridged version of the testimony of Mushroom book in my desk ASAP. At Connor Targaryen says, my own goes to Viserys for reminding me of this quote whenever he has the tongues of Vaemon Valerion's younger cousins removed. Mm. When you tear out a man's tongue, you are not proving him a liar. You're only telling the world that you fear what he might say. Remember that. At Ghost Chase Killis, sexual jazz, owned to the sea snake for his nine voyages and just being a general badass with an even more badass wife. From John MC on Twitter, for your consideration. Owned to the great lords of Westeros and the old king, a cell phone, parentheses, cell phone, for each of them and the stubborn jackass insistence on male preference, primogenitor for because reasons. They passed over Rhaenys and Lena and then Lenor in order to avoid a succession crisis and to secure Targaryen rule, and that worked out really well for everyone, it turns out. Also owned to Lena for boldly claiming Vagar as her dragon, for real. Game recognizes game. For real, though. Mm -hmm. And also to Amon, <laughs> yeah, my non-favorite brother in Right crime. after like, literally. the death. Like, yes. weeks later. Um, I'm going to pop over to Instagram. We've got dlogsy13, who says, Own to Craxy's neck. Does that thing look long, or is it just me? Oh, God, what can it swallow? <laughs> I cannot wait to see the dragon. At Eliza Bennett. My first own goes to Allie for spelling out what the main requirements of being a king should be. A good head and a true heart. Also reinforcing what is not necessary. A cock. My second own goes to Renera and Damon for naming their firstborn child Aegon. <laughs> the younger. Hashtag Targaryen Shade. Miss Duncan the Tall on Instagram gives her own to Kristen Cole. Hot like a tamale. <laughs> if you could rate Christini on a scale of one to Jon Snow, what would it be? I don't know. I don't know his whole vibe yet. So I'm going to give him a five. 
Just a five? Yeah, like a mid one to what ten. What about five. looks? Five. Five on looks? Yeah. You're crazy. I'd give them at least an eight. All right. <laughs> Let's move I'm open on. To in, I'm open. I get it. Travis Cole, Straight Savage Cole. You tweeted us uh, seven. One was Baja Blast themed. We're going to count that one just for fun off. You deserve that. Six different uh, tweets about your owns. We're going to read these. Straight Savage Cole, everyone. Bringing the heat. Pre-hot D. Post-FAB. It's time. Okay, so warning, this own is going to be long AF, but so worth it. I promise my own for this chapter goes to the one, the only, the motherfucking OG, Corliss of House Valerian, Lord of the Tides, and Master of Driftmark, renowned in song and story as a seasick. You know, Travis, you just reminded me that we didn't mention the new fortress, Corliss, basically spearheaded in Driftmark, high tide, the place that was built with the same pale stone as the Erie, that glimmers in the morning sun. And probably around sunset as well in its own sort of diffused lighting sort of way. A place that is surrounded by water and only connected to the rest of Driftmark by a causeway. What a beautiful, sexy, intriguing place that, like I said earlier, sadly just gets just shit away mm -hmm. with the way that the story goes mm -hmm. and like the, the annals of Westerosi power. Right. Uh, can't wait to see that adapted. So let's go to your second tweet. It's in this chapter we learn quite a bit of the epic account of this badass mofo. First crossing the narrow sea at the age of six, becoming a captain himself at six and ten, having a motherfucking ship called the Ice Wolf in caps. <laughs> I am with you on that. And he tries to sell the North Pole that he took north more than once, searching for a rumored passage around the top of Westeros. There it is. Only to find frozen seas and icebergs as big as mountains. Onto his most famous voyages on the ship he built himself, carrying his moniker, the Sea Snake, to places such as Karth, the Jade Gates, E.T., the Isle of Lang. Returning with so rich a load of silk and spice, he more than doubled the wealth of House Valerian in a stroke. He ultimately brought the sons of the seahorse, House Valerian, to such momentous wealth that they surpassed the High Towers and Lannisters, even if only briefly. Not to mention, he tripled the size of the royal fleet during the years he carved, sorry, served the old king as master of ships. I can't wait to see him in Hot D. I can only hope he's even half as amazing as he was written about in this chapter. Amen to that. Also, there's a part of me that wishes he was still around the end of the Aswaf series so that Arya could travel the world with him, as I can't think of a more badass <laughs> duo. If only he got uh, synchronized in with a tree, Travi. Okay, sidebar. I just got so fucking excited that they own... Giving that own, I feel like I just took a can of Baja Blast Energy to the dome piece. Baja Blast Energy is the official, unofficial sponsor of our House of the Dragon season. So. I recommend <laughs> that you do take it to the dome piece. If you find one. If you one, can find one. Each, each one that you find, try to find another one to save for us. And then take those other spare ones that you're not saving and take it to the dome piece. I recommend <laughs> chugging it and it will taste good. Last on Instagram, Marrying Art on Instagram says... I'm owning to George, giving his blessings, and I'm letting my hopes get up, okay? We're letting our hopes get up, too. I know <laughs> this right delicate state. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to open yourself up to potentially being hurt again. Maybe if we do it together, it'll be okay. We're ready. Okay. That's it, everybody. There's a lot more owns than usual. I don't know what could possibly be happening We're to make this season, all baby. a reality. Thank you for being here with us. Really exciting to end it this way, too, with this last chapter of uh, Fire and Blood before we go into... 
hot day. Like, we're, holy crap, yeah. dude. Hot D's on Sunday We're about night. to have a really, really, really good time. Holy so crap. if you want to join in on the fun, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter by searching for Game of Owns. And you can send us an email to contact at gameofowns.com. Follow us on Instagram. We're going to go live on Sunday before the show so we can hang out and kind of get excited and talk theories one last time. And then we will go to a dual two-a-week episode cadence through the duration of the series. So if you haven't been with us for a season before, welcome. And it's about to get really fun. On our next episode, we're not doing another chapter. We're doing episode one of House of the Dragon. We'll see you Sunday.